97.7 The Cave, your local live sports talk show. I got some good news for everybody. This is our last Monday night. We'll be gone next week. You'll hear us on Thursday night because the NFL season starts in 10 very short days. It doesn't seem possible, Ned. Can you believe it? Bring it on. Bring it on. I think everybody is ready for it. I think we need to have the pro football season going. It is going to be limited attendance, but, hey, that's that's part of the deal. That's where we are, and, uh, hey, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Let's stay on a positive note tonight. Stormy, how are you? What's going on? I'm doing great. It was a good week. Nice, relaxing weekend for me. We were off from the football scene for my team, so we had a bye week, so... We've got another one this weekend, so nice and time to relax. John, how are you? Sorry I'm about that story. Okay. I'm going to echo what a lot of people are probably saying. Monday's almost over, and it's downhill from here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to get better from here. We're 10 days away from the start of the season, which you can hear right here on 104.7 The Cave. The Chiefs will take on the Texans. They have a tough game to start the season. They have a tough schedule because they are the Super Bowl champs, so... That's something to talk about to start out the show. You've looked over the Chiefs' schedule. What do you think, Ned? What's your what's your thoughts on I it? I can see them uh, not going undefeated. I don't think that's going to happen. But the fact is that they're still a very good football team. Repeating as a Super Bowl champion is not the easiest thing in the world to do because of the variables involved in, in any kind of concussive sport, like a football, a hockey, whatever the case might be. And indeed, in this in this case, the Chiefs do have all the component parts to make it work. They may be a little bit light, maybe, even though the uh, Edwards Hilaire kid is a, is a solid running back, not very big. They may need a little bit of depth at running back. And there is a man out there who has just been sliced today from his team, Leonard Fournette, All-America, three-time All-America, LSU, Jacksonville Jaguars, outstanding running back. I, I'm really anxious to see if the Chiefs make a play for him. It'll be difficult because it's going to be very expensive and they have salary cap problems on the Chiefs, but they've also done some uh, marvelous things, and indeed it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I do think Kansas City has an outstanding championship-level team. They've got some great mathematicians in that front office. So. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Stormy, your thoughts on the upcoming season. Well, they kick off the season with the Texans, the Chargers, and the Ravens, and that's that's a pretty dangerous trifecta to kick off a season with. Coming on a football roller coaster like they have been with the World, with the uh, Super Bowl championship, and everything else. So they'll they'll see an early test, which I think is good for the team, and just see where everybody's at with with three tough opponents like that. I think that's a that's a great way to start for them and uh, get them in the groove of it. John, your thoughts. I think you've got to be excited about this upcoming year. I mean, there wasn't a lot that left via free agency. You know, Ned mentioned running backs a little bit thin with Damian Williams opting out of the season. Uh, you know, we picked up a pretty good center. And mm-hmm. I honestly, just the offensive weapons are staggering for this team. You know, fortunately, this, unfortunately, the Super Bowl is not won on paper. So we still have to see if they remain healthy. But it's a lot to be excited for for Kansas City fans. They've got a tough schedule. I mean, Stormy talked about the first three games, Houston, the Chargers, and the Ravens. Those are all going to be tests. But then afterwards, it doesn't really get much easier because they get the Patriots. And it'll be interesting to see how the Patriots look this season with Cam Newton as their quarterback. 
Buffalo Bills, a lot of people are talking about them being an improved team. They'll play the Raiders, which is always a rivalry game, and both teams tend to be up for mm-hmm. those games, or at least the Chiefs do. I don't know the Raiders. <laughs> never, we'll know what you're get. never know what you're going to get with the Raiders. Denver Broncos, New York Jets, Carolina Panthers, they really don't get a break until that November 1st game, and you never know. The Jets may be much improved this season. So got a tough schedule. What are your, what are your thoughts going well, into the season? Well, I think what John pointed out earlier – Again, this is a physical contact sport, and your injury factor is just plays an overwhelming part in what happens. You saw last year when when the Mahomes went down with a knee problem. Well, the Chiefs lost what two games at that time, I believe, uh, and and the fact remains that he was able to come back and and play a, an instrumental role in their Super Bowl championship. You can't afford in in a sport like football unless you have a a, a balanced team to the point where you can call on quarterback B to come in and uh, to handle the duties or running back B or whatever the case might be. You have to have the depth and the, and that's where the new England Patriots have always been so good with the depth that they've had. Who is quarterback B this season? I think it's going to be the kid from Michigan. I think mm-hmm. he, he probably has earned that right. And Hopefully, uh, not for his sake, but hopefully nobody will be able to see him play at all. But hey, you never, you never know. Never know what's going to happen. Stormy, their NFC division that they get this year is is a tough one. They're, it they've is. got the Saints, they've got the Falcons. Falcons are kind of up and down, but Carolina Panthers. What's your thoughts on that? Well, it is going to be a tough, tough way to play in that side of the league. No question. It, it usually is, at least lately, and uh, of course. The Saints, they're they're finally working out deals with contract extension on one of their players, and uh, that was the big holdup on him, which people were kind of speculating about what what's this, what's that, and turns out, well, no, that's all it is. It's just an extension. Everything's cool, but uh, it it will be tough for him. But it again, it it's a this is a whole different season uh, because of that thing we shall not mention. And we, it's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out with fans and limited fans, because uh, we are a team that thrives on the audit on the audience participation at Arrowhead. I mean that motivates them, that guns them up, and to lose that a big chunk of that, or even lose it completely in some stadiums, you know, we'll have to see how the team deals with it. And the conference play is not going to let up on them because of it. And we got a tough conference to get through. But I want that Lamar Hunt trophy brought back to Kansas City or kept there. John, I, I wanted to ask you this. Initially, one of the good, one of the gripe, bright features of this year's schedule is the Chiefs don't have to go to New England to yes. play the Patriots. Patriots come to yep. Arrowhead and they miss Tom Brady initially. They get Tom Brady later on in the season at Tampa Bay. Tell me your thoughts on those two games. It's funny you mentioned that. That was exactly what I had in mind. So, <laughs> you know, it's traditionally if you looked at this through this lens we usually look for, week four would be scary. And then week 12, I believe, you know, Tampa Bay wouldn't be a big deal. I think that power dynamic shifts. New England is still going to be a good team. I think they'll be fantastic defensively, but – we have no idea how Cam Newton's going to be able to lead that offense. So that's still a very much, you know, an X factor, if you will. However, Tampa Bay, no matter how you look at it, yes, age is a factor, but they have Tom Brady. They have Rob Gronkowski. They didn't have them before. And special things can happen around those type of players, and we've seen it time and time again. So 
to me, the Tampa Bay game is a scarier game to me than it is than the Patriots game would be. We want to hear from you guys. If you've got a question f- about the Chiefs or anything sports-related or anything life-related, give us a call, 863-7104-NEB. would be glad to take your calls. Do that as we uh, head into the commercial break. Again, that number, 863-7104, to ask Ned a question. We're going to take those calls here in about 10 minutes as we continue to talk about the season. Ned, I want to get your thoughts because John touched on it just a second ago about – Cam Newton going to the Patriots and also Tom Brady switching teams going to Tampa Bay. Who do you think is going to have a better season this year, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? Don't put anything past Bill Belichick at all. Nothing. And that is why I'm so impressed with his picking up of Cam Newton. Mm -hmm. Now, Newton's been up and down and had shoulder problems and all this sort of thing and just really hasn't hasn't emerged in in recent years. He is big. He's about 6'6". He's rangy. He has proven that he can do things. I just cannot imagine Bill Belichick not knowing fully well that this guy's going to fit into their program and occupy a very key role. I think the Patriots have a great year, perhaps not as good offensively as John pointed out, uh, but their defense is rock solid. They will be a tough hombre to handle. Tampa Bay will be very tough. Uh, we haven't brought this out because he's not going to be a, a key figure, but Shady McCoy is on the uh, Tampa Bay oh, uh, yes. Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. He is 32 years old, and he's you know bounced around and had injury problems and all that. So he's just a stopgap. Their running backs are young, and they're inexperienced. That's why I think they occupy the number one bidding role for uh, Leonard Fournette. I think that's where he ends up. Let's talk for a second about the AFC West. How do you kind of – play this whole thing out the chargers the broncos the las vegas raiders who's going to be the biggest challenge to the chiefs this season i wouldn't be surprised if it's not the chargers Uh, they have made some some really key moves on their team rivers isn't with them anymore so he the the thinking has always been that oh philip uh, philip rivers is going to have that breakthrough year and he never has (laughs) he hasn't come through so you get Tyrod Taylor on there, and he's tough. He's a tough hombre to handle, and uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he, they don't make a name for themselves. Furthermore, they are going to be playing in the new stadium this year. Now, again, the crowd doesn't figure into this. I must admit, I'm not sure that Los Angeles has made a decision yet for the Rams and the Chargers about fans. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, you brought that up about the fans. There are five NFL teams Five that have said, point blank, we will allow fans in the ballpark with a certain percentage. The Chiefs, I think the percentage is 25%, so it's 17,600. Really, really expensive tickets, but that's over and above. Five teams that have point blank said, we will have fans. That means that there are, what, 27 other teams that haven't made the commitment. That's not to say they won't. Now, there are teams that have said they won't. Las Vegas isn't. Baltimore, I don't think, is going to have any. But I'm, I'm anxious to see how all this plays out, especially involving the, uh, the virus and, and what circumstances occur here in the next couple of weeks or months. Uh, does it make a big difference? It may. It may very well. Stormy, who do you think is the biggest challenge in the AFC West? I'm going to agree with Ned on it. I think the Chargers are um, basically for the same reasons because – it's it's a more solid put together team than we've seen in the past few years, and because it's one of those rivalries that the rivalry itself just brings out 
things in the teams that they won't normally see in other games. And uh, that's that's the one that concerns me the most because they've made the most changes in trying to improve and trying to get better, and at least from what I've seen. Um, you know, you've got several of the Raiders who have opted out of the season already. They had a, quite a few on that team that did. And so, you know, not really sure what to see there. So that'll be kind of a surprise game. We'll see how they come through that. Um, but the Broncos is, is just kind of a consistent challenge. It's high or low challenge, whatever it is. But I think the one that's going to be the tough one will be the Chargers. John, your thoughts? As much as I want to be different on this, I don't think I can be. <laughs> I mean, the Chargers it's a good are, thing we still don't have that drinking game. Right. Obviously, the, the class of the AFC West behind the Chiefs. Denver's still got, you know, love them if you want to, but, you know, Drew Locke, is he really going to be the answer for them to, you know, lead them into a winning record this year? You have to question that. And, you know, as Stormy mentioned, the Raiders with the players opting out, they do have a lot of good young talent, Mm -hmm. though, so they could be surprising. You just (laughs) never know. But, I mean, to me, the Chiefs are head and shoulders above the rest of their division, but San Diego will prove troublesome. The Raiders, uh, the Raiders do have one kid who the Chiefs covet, Henry Ruggs, the yes. All-American from Alabama. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. he, he is probably the fastest man in the entire draft, which makes him, when you consider that Edwards Belair is on the, uh, on the Chiefs, makes him very, very tough to cover. Yes. The Chiefs' defensive backfield is going to have their work cut out for them, not just with him, but with a lot of other teams that are able to perhaps exploit that deficiency. We're going to uh, take your calls here in just a few minutes. So if you've got a question for Ned or Stormy or John, 863-7104. Give us those calls as we head into the commercial break. Ned, I want to talk to you about this because all our, our panel here, we're all in agreement about the Chargers. The Chargers are have been a darling pick for a decade. People have said, oh, the Chargers, the Chargers, the Chargers, and they've never lived up to it. Do you think that's a product of the team or a product of possibly Philip Rivers? What we talked about just a second ago, Joe, with Philip Rivers having been on there, they were always going to be the uh, the up and coming ball club, and everybody was going to uh, watch out for this ball club because he was going to come on. Well, he never did emerge, and he's not a kid anymore. Oh no! So he's uh, he's been dealt away now, and Tyrod Taylor, who maybe he's he's just a stopgap, but he is also a very good. A triple threat quarterback because he can run. He's very tough. He's an old pro. He's been around. In fact, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Taylor broke Vic's records at Virginia Tech, if I'm not mistaken. But but be that as it may, that team that team is dangerous. They have they have all the weapons and the fact that they have new leadership now and the fact that they are playing in a brand new stadium. The the psychological effect on that team after having been in a soccer place. Oh yeah. For a while, mm-hmm. uh, that that had to have been debilitating in their mental approach to a game. With you know, the, what they have twenty seven, twenty eight thousand. That's a big crowd. Well, they won't have any now, but they're uh, in, they're in a glorious palace. Well, then, like half of the fans there were not even Chargers fans. They were just people there to see the other team or whatever. We'd love to hear from you. We want to ask answer your questions. We'll ask you questions too if you want. Give us a call eight six three seven one zero four. It is your show. We're turning it over to you. If you've got a question for Ned, Stormy, or John, we'd love to hear from you. 863-7104. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Ned is in the house. Everyone can just calm down. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. 
have to be honest with you guys. Ned sitting here in the studio, he's weeping because nobody called. He's <laughs> ready to answer your questions, and you let him down. So we have to find out something else. You have to listen to us make up something to talk about for this next segment. If you think of a question, the answer is eight. The answer, the phone number is 863-7104. Let's talk a little baseball. Ned, today was the uh, one of the landmarks, one of the benchmarks for the baseball season, the trade deadline and yawn. Exactly one month beyond what it will be when they play 162 games again, as opposed to July 31st. August 31st this year. Now, the rule about uh, not making any deals afterward, the waiver deal, that was gone last year. You couldn't do it. So, obviously, it's in effect now. So, the deals are done. They are done. The Cardinals decided to uh, stay pat. They're not going to make any moves at all. And I do understand that. I would have been a little bit surprised had they done so because they do have a young team, a team that's getting better. They're leading 2-1 to this evening against the Cincinnati Reds. And a team that has begun to find their groove a little bit. So the fact that they were they were able to uh, maintain what they were going to do and take that into the offseason and work on the, the building of their squad from the offseason without adding any new names today or whenever, uh, I think is very important to them. Cardinals don't have too bad a team. I think they're going to make the playoffs, how they'll make it, and where they end up. After all, there are 16 teams in the postseason. There's no way the Cardinals won't be one of them. So it'll be be interesting to see what they do. A lot of giggling going on in the studio right now because we do have a caller, but we we take calls during the commercial break. So just hang on with us for a few minutes, and we'll get to you. So give us a call as we go into the commercial break. That number, 863-7104. I know. I begged for callers, and then this is what I get. (laughs) I'm telling you not to call right now. Stormy, your thoughts on the trade deadline? Uh, again, it was not just there was no big surprises, no big trades that you know blew the roof off anybody's house, and uh, it was uh, yeah, yawn is is the word for it. It's like okay, <laughs> that they did that, and we're going yeah, we did I'm, have some some. I'm going to argue with you just a little bit. I think the Clevenger kid going to the San oh, Diego yeah. Padres is really big, and Mitch Moreland going from the Boston Red Sox to San Diego, uh, our guy Trevor Rosenthal. The San Diego Padres really did great yeah. here in the last couple of days. But as far as the trade deadline for today, you know, usually you have some last-minute thing that everybody's like a wow factor for, and uh, we didn't get one this year. But as we talked about before the show started, San Diego is stacking the yard right now and just doing a great job. And I, I certainly didn't expect the Padres to be a name I would talk about in such high fashion this this part in any season almost. They've been coming <laughs> Not on. since Dave Winfield, I think. But, they, you know. John, I wanted to talk to you about what I thought was one of the biggest moves of the day, and that's Todd Frazier going back to the New York Mets. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that'll be a game changer. Oh, my gosh. Todd Frazier with the Mets again. So what do you think about the Cardinals staying pat? Uh, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you know, in his, his usual you know, laugh a minute way, Mosellac kind of hinted to this. They do have a lot of people coming back from the uh, COVID injured list. They've got a lot of arms coming back that are getting healthy. So I do I think they could have improved? Yes, but would it have been worth the cost? Ned makes a good point. I mean, they are a playoff team at this stage. Yes, they're slightly under 500, but they've played well at times. It's just that matter of finding consistency. San Diego, if you're a San Diego Padres fan, be excited because you have to be really impressed about them going all in. I mentioned Fernando Tatis Jr. last week. 
you know, picking up Mike Clevenger, picking up Trevor Rosenthal, who looks great, just Mitch Moreland, and to an already pretty good team, it's going to be interesting to see what they, they do. They are, the John, out. one of the better teams in Major League Baseball. Are they the best? Well, the Dodgers are the ones that have the best record, but uh, certainly San Diego is right up there. They have considerable talent. Oakland, although Oakland is not playing at the moment. That's true. They're, they have a COVID-19 problem, uh, so they're off for the next couple of days. But they're a really, really good baseball team. And don't sell the Houston Astros short. No. They are, they, they are the Astros, and they can do a lot of things, a lot of good things. So uh, there, are, there are some solid baseball products who are going to be competing in that playoff situ- as, uh, situation. And then the fact that there are 16 teams and anything can happen. Oh, wide open. <laughs> I was going to talk to you about this, Ned, because you know my beloved team is New York Yankees, and they got off to a great start, and then they've been hurt, and they can't beat Tampa Bay to save their <laughs> life. So I've pretty much given up on them this season. Joe, that's not a surprise. Tampa Bay is an outstanding ball club. In fact, on this very show, uh, back, uh, I think it was before we had the COVID-19 shutdown, uh, we talked about them in spring training. They, they were a team to watch out for, a powerhouse ball club. And that's not, uh, that's not just some pipe dream put out by the Rays publicity staff. They are really good, and it's being proven now. Let's talk about that for a second because they do things, and then they've done it consistently for a number of years, very similar to Oakland, where they kind of fly under the radar. I challenge any of you on the, on the panel here to name four Tampa Bay Rays right now. Anybody? Anybody? Can you? I think I can do it. Do it. Do it right now. Uh, Wander Franco, Austin Meadows, Tyler Glass now, uh, Randy Rosarena. You didn't even name the guy that won the uh, Cy Young, whose name escapes me right no. now. I can't, uh, think, can't, can't no. think of his name uh, right Blake now. Blake Snell. Yeah, Blake Snell. Yeah, yeah you didn't even name but him. But I mean... <laughs> most, you're a baseball dork. Yeah, most people probably don't. <laughs> don't you know f- that many people. You forgot Steve. Right. Steve? Yeah, you know everybody knows Steve. Oh, okay. Everybody knows yeah. Steve. So Randy they... Arozarena. How about that old Springfield Cardinal down there? Mm-hmm. That's very good. But they've flown under the radar, doing things in a little bit of a different way, and they yep. they do it consistently. Mm-hmm. And they prove that a small market team that plays in a toilet can win can win <laughs> baseball games. Well, they can, and 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 it's not something new. They have been a consistent playoff team here the last. Number of years now, they haven't always gotten in. Heck, uh, was it 2009? They and the Philadelphia Phillies played in the in the World Series. Yep. Come on, it's it's a, it's a good program, it good is. good ball club. Absolutely. I think the point of the season, Stormy, right now at this point, is it's still pretty much wide open. It is. I mean, there there's all kinds of possibilities. You know, Vegas has still got uh, the Dodgers and the Yankees in the in the top two spots. Uh, uh, they can't beat the Rays, so. Forget it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going by what they've got so far. Um, but just, just so you know, they they've added uh, Japan League Baseball to their odds along oh. with North Korea, or South Korea. So now you can you can cover that too if you just in case you want to you want to bet on something a little unusual. But uh, no, I mean there's some teams, and of course the Pirates are still down at the bottom of the heap uh, with them at least out there, which is not a really a surprise given how they've been doing so far this year. Yeah. So, but um, I just think it's. It's just interesting to see that we've got a team that is doing the step-up thing and giving us a surprise with San Diego because, I mean, who the heck would have picked the Padres to be the team that's, oh, my gosh, that's who we're talking about, you know, and and I think that's a good thing for them, and hopefully it's a good thing for the fans out there. 
don't make fun of Korean League Baseball because when oh, no. I fill in for Mike, Ned and I watch Korean League Baseball. <laughs> we do. We sat, we sat and just to get a little baseball action, we're watching it. John, what surprised you about the season so far? Um, surprises in the season, just the emergence of so many young stars at this point, you know, and not necessarily the ones I expected. You know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for the Blue Jays hasn't had a bad year, but a lot of people thought he would be a breakout candidate. Again, Tatis Jr. is just lighting the world on fire for that San Diego club. And it, you're just seeing a lot of younger guys absolutely come into their own. And it's a shortened season. So granted, you know, some can ar- argue the sample size if it were spread out over a 160-game season might be a little bit different. But I found the season intriguing so far. And in a good news story for those who watched the Cardinals over the weekend, I do have to mention in Yadier Molina's 2000th game, that he started, Adam Wainwright happened to take the bump for the Cardinals. He threw a complete game shutout on his 39th birthday. I saw that. That's an amazing story that anybody throws a complete game at this point, and especially a 39-year-old guy. Stormy wanted to talk about, and you guys wanted to, I'll let you guys paint this picture for us, the the double play that happened over the weekend. Well, it's a 2-3-8. It is just... For those of you scoring at home, uh, each position in baseball has a number. The catcher, the pitcher's one, catcher's two, first baseman three, second four, third base five, shortstop six, and outfield left to right, seven, eight, nine. Right. And this is just a number put together that I don't remember ever even reading ever happened in baseball. And I think they've they've pretty much confirmed it's never happened in recorded baseball of the major leagues. And just to watch it, you see Yachty and his control, not just of the ball, but of the field and his general communication with his players. It shows what an incredible field general he is. I mean, just spectacular. And uh, and then the yeah. next day, he's rounding third oh, and decides he's going to play umpire That's... and stops, <laughs> which you never, ever do in baseball. Let's not talk about the no. three base running miscues. Oh, God. Um, one thing for Cardinals fans to take note of in that play is I think it's an interesting <laughs> passing of the guard. As Stormy mentioned, Molina is that field general. But who came in? Who was the eight that came in to make that play at second base? None other than Dylan Carlson. All right, break it. You guys have talked about it, but you haven't broke it down for us. How did it all play out? Oh, boy, that's tough for me to say because there was so much going on, Joe. I've only seen it a couple of times. I mean, it was a... It was a pickle. So YouTube it oh is what gosh. you're saying, telling yeah, people? I would really, yes. This is one you probably have to see to believe. So, but well, it, Stormy, see if you can find that and throw yeah. that up on uh, on the Ned Talk Facebook page for people to, for the, people the to check out. I, out I, I, I get the numbers. I'm just not sure. getting how it worked well, out it's, in it's, my it's mind. It's something to be seen to believe and something to you do to look at the hustle of Carlson to come in and make that play from center. I have the perfect comparison to this. If anybody remembers the old Disney goofy cartoons where they were trying to explain sports <laughs> through it, and basically the lines and the X's and O's ended up just basically all yeah. over the field. That's that's what we'd end up telling you over the line and trying to explain how this works verbally without getting into a visual aspect of it. I'll tell you exactly what it was. It's a hit out the center field, and Carlson gets the ball. And runner, The runner is rounding third and ready to come in and score. He sees he's going to be out, so he stops, turns around. Yachty chases him down, dekes him back to third. Guy doesn't buy the deke. Yachty tags him. The other guy, the runner on second base, is caught off base. He starts to head back. Yachty 
Deeks to and Deke is the word for fake. Yeah. Fakes one Deeks. way, gets this guy off stride, fires to second base out there, and that's I think that's where Carlson was. And uh, that's a center fielder who'd come center in to trail that play. Now who made the throw into Molina? Uh, I think it was it was Carlson. Carlson. So that's it. So, so yeah. it's an it was so yeah. it's an eight two five. And did it go back to Molina at that point? No, and then, Molina, Molina had it once. He made the tag on the guy around third. So eight and two. the tag on the guy. Uh, no, he didn't either. He, he flipped it to somebody and made yeah, the out at second base. So it's an 8-2-8? Eight, eight? Is that what you're talking about there? Uh, maybe. Or was an 8-2-5-8? Eight, eight? I'd forgotten that Carlson was the one that made the throw in. They've yeah. got it listed as a as a two three eight, I believe. But that eight's got to be there in the first because he's got the assist. Gets the assist. Yeah, I'm so, sorry, a three two eight is what they. So you're you're enjoying us talking about <laughs> numbers as we do Ned talk, but we'd love to hear from you. Give us a phone call. That phone line is open right now. Now is the time to call. Light up. 863-7104. You. You're just trying to will that thing over. That guy that called a minute ago while we were talking. You can call right now. 863-7104. It's Ned Talk. I'm 104.7 The Cave. There he is. Hello? Hello? Hey. Hi. Hello? Phone lines are open now for your sports questions at 417-863-1047. It's Ned Talk. On 104.7, The Cave. It's Ned Talk on 104.7, The Cave, your local live sports talk show. I begged and Maria came through. Maria, how are you this evening? Just fine. You're out in the road as a trucker? Thank you for doing that. I mean, that's uh, that's got to be, uh, well, a kind of a dangerous job. Always a dangerous job, but more so with the way the world is right now. So thanks for doing that. We appreciate it. Well, we got a qu- you've got a question for Deb. What is your question? I got a question. It's is the Chiefs getting pressure to change their name as much as like Washington Redskins and But Murray, that's a that's a very astute question. No, the pressure to change the name is not as great as the Redskins were. The, the Redskins nickname or mascot is perceived as being derogatory toward the toward the Native Americans. Chiefs is not derogatory as such. Yes, it is probably Native American influenced, but it is not not an insulting term. Now the Chiefs have bowed to the pressure a little bit and banned headdresses and face painting that is Native American oriented. Now you can paint your face any other way you want to, but if it has anything to do with Native Americans, then then you're out. And there is also a move afoot to uh, stop the tomahawk chop, uh, the tomahawk chop. But I will be—I <laughs> just don't know how in the world that can ever be enforced. What they're going to do is cut off all the music that they play, and uh, hopefully for I their sake. I think it's wrong. Right, well, I think it's wrong that they ch- that they're putting any pressure. I mean, these people, the fans are who they are, and there was a reason why they chose those as names. Marie, can't, I can't argue and I can't really comment. Uh, we'd like to have uh, objective viewpoints on all of this. I can, see, I can see the argument from either side. But I will tell you, I don't think the pressure on the Chiefs is uh, even comparable to what it was on the Washington Ball Club's uh, circumstance. That has been ongoing for years and years and years. Now, there is, there is a circumstance here in the country in which the Native American influence won out 
and that was at Florida State University, where Florida State is the Seminoles, and the Seminole Nation said, we're very proud to have that. So mm-hmm. they have retained the Seminoles yep. nickname. But for the most part, the other uh, the other nicknames have uh, been changed, uh, Red Wolves, uh, replacing Indians, and things of that nature. But the, but as far as the Chiefs are concerned, I will I will admit to you, I will be very surprised if that name is changed. That Still? answer your question? <laughs> yeah. Why did why did uh, uh, the Oakland Raiders move to Vegas? Well, the Oakland Raiders are nomadic. Number one, they have been <laughs> Oakland to Los Angeles, back to Oakland again. Uh, under Al Davis, they uh, were always a kind of carpetbagger type uh, influence, always looking for the best deal. Well, Las Vegas made them a very good deal. The folks in Oakland would not build the Raiders a new stadium. Uh, they they really do oh, need wow. one. The, the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum is an old, uh, I, a decrepit ballpark. It's and, outdated. Uh, it is outdated. It also has... Uh, this is not pleasant to talk about, but they have plumbing problems in the place, and that <laughs> yes. the plumbing problems have come back to uh, haunt the baseball team as well as the football teams. But fact remains, it's a stadium. The stadium issue didn't ever get approved, so the Raiders said, "All right, folks in Las Vegas are building us a new stadium, and they have, and it's a palace." So they have moved the franchise there. However, this year they're not going to allow any fans in the ballpark, at least for now. Figures. <laughs> Any Good more questions man. for Deb Maria? No, I think that's it. Okay, well, you Maria, thank I, you, I, I, wait, wait a minute, sweetheart. Wait a minute. Don't don't hang up yet. I'm just curious. Where are you at the moment? Right at the moment, I'm passing sunshine. Oh, you're in Springfield. Okay. okay. Yeah, but um, there is a emergency detour right there at Exit 82 on the westbound side of 60. Uh, on 44. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. really? Well, thanks for letting yeah. us know that. Probably an accident. I and passing it along to our listeners. Maria, thank you. You be careful. Yeah, because there's a big old sign up saying that Exit 80 is closed. Seek alternate route. Very good. Very good. Marie, thank you very thank much you, for Marie. listening to and us. And you be careful out there, okay? Thank you. Ned, thank you for all your uh, sports commentaries. I've seen you since I was while I was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Marie. Yeah, think, thanks for putting it that way. <laughs> thanks, Marie. Right, That's Marie. very nice. Appreciate it. If you got a call for Ned, 863-7104. We, again, are taking your calls. Love to answer questions for people about the upcoming NFL season or talk about what's happening in Major League Baseball or any sports that are going on right now. Uh, Ned, we talked briefly, just kind of touched on it there, that the Raiders are moving to Las Vegas this season. Um, and things are different. So uh, how long do you think it's going to take for that market to warm up to that team? Oh, not at all. No. Not at all. It'll happen right away. The, the, the uh, homogenous uh, population circumstance in Las Vegas is such that uh, the and, – and Las Vegas is a huge metropolitan area. It includes Henderson and other little towns around there. I think they glom onto that that franchise, that team, right away, support them right away, and I think it'll be a very big deal. Furthermore, you will have the tourists coming in, and many of them, well, come on, it's Las Vegas. <laughs> you can, you can uh, wager on the games, and I think that will serve to attract a very large uh, attendance for all their games. Stormy, you've uh, obviously, you're an Internet guy. You've seen 
all the pictures, which of the two new stadiums that we're seeing this year, the one in L.A. or the one in Las Vegas, which one is the best of the two? Mm, boy, um, I haven't gotten a good look at a lot of the interior of the Los Angeles one yet, but I have for the Vegas one because intentionally uh, me and Mikey were going to go out there for the Raiders game, but uh, it's it, it looks just amazing. And, and from a standpoint of placement and where it's at, the Vegas stadium still has developable land about, around it. Uh, there could be a convention center hotel cup thing easily uh, put to one side of it. And so it's got a lot of great advantages, but a lot of people don't know that Vegas has actually been trying to get an NFL team of some kind for quite a long time. Um, but for years and years, even going back to the late seventies, they, they said no because they were afraid it was so easily corruptible to gambling and or to, to corruption within the gambling side of it for football or any pro sport to come in there. But I'm just I'm glad they finally did. But I I, I want to see more pictures of the new L.A. Stadium well, for the, the interior. The groundwork was laid by the Golden Knights who went in there it and was. became yes, the NHL was. team. But they've also been lobbying thing. for Major League Baseball yes. to go in there. But, yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Stormy mentioned development in the area. Do you see Major League John? Do you see Major League Baseball or maybe an NBA team coming into that market? Uh, I would see Major League Baseball before the NBA. Just the fact that the uh, the minor league team that uh, has been there has been mm-hmm. very highly supported over mm-hmm. the years. You know, Vegas is one of those towns that always comes up in the conversation. Indianapolis is another town that comes up in that conversation. I think Ooh. if baseball expands, those are two markets they need to look at. You know, Indianapolis supports the uh, Nashville Pirates. Nashville is another great location. I mean, there are cities that definitely could use teams, and not to pick here, but when you look at the attendance for the Marlins, and unfortunately the Tampa Bay Rays that we mentioned earlier, who are having such a, you know, another good season, you just don't see the fans coming out to see them. So could they be better served possibly moving even those teams to other locales? Ned, where would you like to see the next Major League expansion go to? Any sport? Gosh, I don't know. I haven't really haven't really given too much thought to that because Major League Baseball is at 30 teams right now, and there are some that do struggle with, with attendance and with support. So whether or not they're ready, now Major League Baseball's front office says that they are. Uh, National Football League, I, I really think they've, uh, they're sated right now. I think they have uh, a full scale. NBA, National Hockey League, Picking a city, picking a city that is devoid of any kind of pro sports at the moment. Um, I would. Well, of course, Nashville does have uh, the Predators. Does yeah. have mm-hmm. they? They have the Predators in there, and they also have the uh, t- the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I do not know. Uh, Been a lot of support over the years for seeing uh, possibly a team in Portland as far as Major League Baseball uh-huh. goes. I know that's uh, been something that's talked well, about. They are running themselves right out of the ballpark right now for anybody. They're having trouble. Yeah, I know yeah. that for sure. So it's it's something that uh, it'd be interesting to see how all that plays out as, uh, as it goes along because I think you're going to see maybe some expansion in sports over the next couple of years because it's always a nice little kick in the butt for the sport. <laughs> if you've got a question for us, give us a call, 863-7104. It's Ned Talkum, 104.7 The Cave. What's your phone call frequency? The phone lines are open now for your sports questions at 417-863-1047. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Go ahead with your call. 
Ned is in the house. I'm back. Big as life and twice as ugly. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. That's right. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. That's right. You do have to turn on the microphone before you can talk into it. We <laughs> got bad. another caller. It is uh, Brad this time. Brad joins us via the telephone. How are you this evening, Brad? Doing great. And you had a question for Ned. What is that question? Yeah, Ned. This is uh, your old buddy Brad from the Wolf Den. Oh, good oh, gracious, Lord. yes. Are you guys uh, Are you guys still operating, Brad? No, no. We Last year we did the whole gig from uh, Coyotes. Uh-huh. And, uh, had a great time with that. But, uh, yeah, with social distancing now, it'd be hard to get you know, a hundred people together like we used to out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> we did, uh, we did but, stories at KY3 on the Wolf Den and mm-hmm. uh, it was, that that yeah. was a heck of an organization really was. Yeah. A lot of fun, a lot of fun, a lot of friends, a lot of great networking deal. But um, so I don't know if you actually knew how the chiefs got their name. Only the story that I have been told. And uh, it, it stands to reason this would be the case. They were the Dallas Texans, of course, when they mm-hmm. moved to Kansas city. So when the uh, Texans, when Lamar Hunt pulled uh, the plug on Dallas and came up to Kansas City, the fans, and I think it was probably organized by the mayor, H. Rowe Bartle, uh, got together and uh, all had all sorts of contests and so forth and so on. Well, H. Rowe Bartle's nickname was the Chief. And somehow, someway, that got incorporated into the contest itself. And that's what emerged. But basically, it was named after H. Rowe Bartle, uh, by his nickname, the Chiefs. Although the fans did offer that as uh, as one of the nicknames as well. That's the story yeah, I was told. Nick- yeah, that's right. So I can't slip anything by you. <laughs> but, uh, oh, oh, so you knew the answer, and you're just trying to trip him up. Now, no, wait a minute. I wait like minute, this Brad. guy. Brad, Brad, I, I knew. I knew he probably knew. But, uh, <laughs> named named uh, you know Bartle Hall. Yep. We oh yes. Kansas City and Row Avenue and and stuff. So he was a big proponent on. Um, bringing them to Kansas City with Lamar. And um, so, yeah, so uh, no derogatory name there. All right, Brad, here's the, here's the deal, though. Now, you, you made a very high compliment when you said that you can't slip anything. Well, you can, but a, but a glass of Jack is not one of it, believe me. <laughs> very good, man. Well, listen, I always, always enjoy listening to you, and uh, – like always, go Chiefs. There you go. Let, let me ask you a question, Brad. Brad. Do you go? Do you go up to any of the games during the season? Uh, no, not anymore, especially this year. But uh, I usually get one game in. I like that. I like that Raiders game. And I was going to uh, ask if you were going to pony up the dough to go see uh, go see no, them this season. I'm not, I've been putting a lot of, you know, I've been pulling on a few ears here and there to see if we couldn't get some tickets, but. No, it's just not. And it's not going to be the same. You know, we're just going to have to, you know, bite the bullet and um, watch it on TV and not have that much fan attendance, which is, you know, which is, a, you know, kind of a bad thing because Arrowhead, you know, the loudest stadium in the NFL. And Very true. It's always been a little home field advantage for us. Brad, we have, but, to, uh, we have to live, though, with the understanding, and at least this is what I, I keep going with, the thought that it is temporary, it'll all go away in time, and everything eventually will be back to normal. At least that is the mindset that we have to have. We've never been through this before. So, no, we haven't, mm-mm. and um, 
hopefully we don't ever have to again. God, I hope you're right, man. Exactly. Right. So thank you, Brad. Be safe out there and uh, take bet. care of yourself. You have a good night. Thank, thank you, too, Brad. Brad. Thank you. And go Chiefs. I want to uh, remind everybody, too, or at least have Ned remind people that we're uh, coming up next Wednesday on uh, something very important in Chiefs Nation, and that's uh, Red Friday, except it's going to be on <laughs> Red Wednesday this time. <laughs> Everybody wears red. That's exactly right. The game is on Thursday, of course, but the day before, it's Red Wednesday. Uh, and I think, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but is the, is the next game on a Sunday? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it is. Sunday, September 20th, and then, that's the Chargers we, game. They will have a Red Friday on the, 19th, uh, on the 18th. And uh, then when do they when do they start? Then they play their, the Ravens uh, on a Monday night. Monday night, there's a be a, a Monday night game in there too. Yep, they've got. Uh, let's see, they've got at least they've got two Thursdays and one Monday night game, and then it doesn't. Let's see, they have a Thursday. They have a. Hmm, I'm looking at the schedule and trying to talk at the same time. <laughs> uh, after the bye, they have a, a Sunday night game with the Raiders. They have another Sunday night game with the Broncos. So they don't have it too bad. I mean. As far as being the Super Bowl champs coming back and and playing some a really rough schedule, the point that I wanted to make to you, as far as time wise goes, the point that I wanted to make though is that it's Red Wednesday and the area McDonald's have the Chiefs flags nice. this year. They cost five dollars. They are flag as Mike the intern has been pointing out to people fifty years in the making. They will be on sale that morning at the area McDonald's, and I think they said this morning at 55 area McDonald's will be carrying the red flags. Also, the High V store will have them, too. They're just $5, and all the proceeds for those go to the Ronald McDonald House here in the Ozarks. We've done this in the past, and as a matter of fact, Mike and I have done uh, our little bit on remote uh, we'll find mm-hmm. out whether or not that's going to be the case uh, this year. We're not going to do that this year. Mike has uh, has set up something that he will be uh, talking with Bonnie, who is the uh, head of the one of the people that works with Ronald McDonald House, and he'll be uh, doing that remotely. But you and I will be in the studio on that Wednesday together because Mike kind of has a vacation. So, okay. but I want to remind everybody that if you want one of those flags, which I know everybody will, you have to get them. That's a week from Wednesday, a week from two days from now. And again, it's a great cause. It goes to the Ronald McDonald House right here in Springfield, and uh, they usually sell out. And I would think this year there'll be an even greater need for those flags than they have been in the past. So if you're going to go out and get one, make sure you get there early. Again, area McDonald's and, of course, the Ronald McDonald House reaps the benefits of that and the area high V over there on the corner of Kansas and Battlefield. So great cause and a great way to show your support for the Chiefs. Good, good. We had a couple of great callers, a couple of great questions tonight Mm -hmm. about the Chiefs. Everybody's getting up and excited. Let's wrap the show up on this tonight. Positive note, what are are you most looking forward to with the NFL season? Oh, gosh. Uh, A a season that is not disrupted by COVID-19. I would be so overwhelmingly pleased if that were the case. And I, and I think there is a good chance that may happen. Uh, then the Chiefs uh, emerging as, as a solid team, and I think they will. They have everything going for them. But then the real team. 
the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, there we go. <laughs> he had to do it, folks. He had to do uh, it. It gave to, me the boy. opening. Come on. He did. <laughs> yeah. So, Stormy, what are you looking forward to? Uh, of course, the Chiefs just being back on the field, you know, getting to see the team back out there, just like with the Lady Panthers dying to see them take the court but that and then just some of the wild card variables we have with tampa bay and new england and what is san diego going to do and and what's going to happen in vegas for their first year i mean it it's going to be worth paying attention to at least for what's what's the new keys and factors going to be within the league with all these changes because we're so used to some of them from the past so i'll be i'm just looking forward to that side of it john your thoughts? Uh, I think what I'm looking most forward to, you know, there's a lot of intriguing storylines, but I always like to see what I like to call the follow-up. So a couple of couple of things we haven't talked about. Lamar Jackson, I want to see what he does following yeah. up with the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, don't forget about Derrick Henry either with the Tennessee Titans. Just went on an epic, historic run last year. Just seeing what those guys can do this season and see if they can match their totals from last year. I think something that's interesting going into the season is this is probably the least hyped NFL season that I've that I oh, can remember far. in many many years, and I think that's because people are holding their breath to see what happens. But I also think that that's good because it just gets us to this kind of the NFL is taking care of their business so far, mm-hmm. and I'm excited because next Thursday night football is going to go up in the air. Football, to me, is a TV sport. I've never been to an actual game. I've never been to an NFL game, but to a lot of college games. But I'm anxious to see the season start. There is another factor that you, you really need to consider, and that is the fact that there are no exhibition games. That's right. There's yeah. nothing to really whet the appetite on these, and that happens, even though there were only going to be two of them this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that there were none, none at all, uh, I think probably – halted the mindset or at least disturbed the mindset until you're ready to have yes. it happen. That takes away a lot from the publicity factor and uh, the the talking heads on the four-letter network and all that of dissecting <laughs> everything that happened in a preseason game, for heaven's sake. Come on. Anyway, that's that's part of it. Well, I think the, the lack of hype has been good this year because I've, I'm – Sometimes by the time the NFL season rolls around, I'm tired. Yes. <laughs> and so this year I'm not. So, Ned, thanks for being with us as always. Always a pleasure. Stormy? Great night. We'll talk Everybody to you. have a good week. In 10 days. John, thank you as always for Absolutely. being here, bringing your insight. Again, we are moving to pregame, and we will be here on a Thursday night. <clears throat> 10 days from now, my voice is changing on me, 10 days from now, and we're going to be here for the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs, and we'll be doing the pregame show. Tell the folks very quickly how the format operates. We're 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 the pregame, but then there's another pregame. There's, we're the pregame to the pregame. Pre-game, to the pre-game. We're the foreplay to the foreplay. We're the hand-holding. <laughs> then Mitch Holtis and Art Haynes will do the kissing, and then the Chiefs will do the rest. So, oh, you're God almighty. Oh, i got to get out yeah, of here. Yeah, make sure, you, put that in make my sure head. you join us. We are part of the proud Chiefs Radio Network. We're Ned Talkham, 104.7 The Cave. <laughs>